Legacy Stories is about immigrants knowing that they're not alone. Legacy Stories is about remembering and honoring where we came from. Legacy Stories is about other people learning about us from our stories. Legacy Stories is about healing generational trauma in community to help us dream bigger and live as ourselves. That is Legacy Stories. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Legacy Stories. Maria here, and I have a special guest that I'm going to have an amazing conversation I'm looking forward to. So, Mai, would you like to tell us something about yourself to start off the convo? Sure. Uh, first off, thank you so much, Maria, for inviting me onto your podcast. I always enjoy talking to another fellow life coach as well, too, right? And uh, I'm sure we'll touch on it, but it's amazing that we met through the Night Out Nation. And here we are, you know, having a one-on-one conversation. Uh, and we never met each other in real life, but it was all through online and Instagram. So it's amazing. Thank you for the opportunity to be here to share. Uh, and to everyone that's watching or listening, I'm Mai Nguyen. Uh, and um, a little bit about me, my whole life, I've actually been a serial entrepreneur after uh, working in the corporate and realizing that it was not really something that, you know, that I felt uh, energized or like I would be in my like my ultimate potential. And so I kind of left the corporate and became a serial entrepreneur. And now I run a property management company. But about five years ago, um, when I was going through some challenges in my life, I was hesitant at first, but I decided to reach out to a life coach and uh, hire a life coach to see how the life coach can help change, you know, can help me change my life. And, you know, it was, uh, you know, she did wonders. I mean, I had to do the work but it really brought my horizon. And then a few years later, I decided that I also, as another tool in my toolkit, I want to become a certified life coach. And so last year, I decided to be certified. And so now I'm also a life coach as well as a business coach. So that's a little bit about me. Well, that's super cool. <laughs> I kind of know these bits and pieces. And as, as, as you said, we are together in a small group and I, we're having so much fun doing this, uh, learning how to do storytelling in Night Owl Nation. And it's been so much fun connecting to people through that community. I am really enjoying it. But tell me now about your immigration story. Mm, okay. Yes. So I'm Vietnamese. And I'm currently living in Niagara Falls, Ontario, Canada. So definitely I'm from an immigrant family. So my parents, I was born in Vietnam uh, in a very small town near the sea. And I remember that we had a very humbling beginning. My parents never actually had a house to live. I remember we were always living with our relatives And one day my mom told me that she has a brother who's moved to Canada and that, you know, he suggested that um, she should also come and he would want to sponsor her over. Now, in Vietnam, so I was born in 1980 and in Vietnam, there was a huge war in 1975, right? The Vietnam War. And I know that's huge. And if you, you know, watch media or even movies, you see it. And so there's a 
flux of Vietnamese that had to travel to other countries by boat. So they're called refugees, right? And there's a lot of sad stories that came out of there. And a lot of countries had to open up for these Vietnamese refugees that fled by boat. Now, I guess, fortunately, I, my mom said that through that whole experience, she was in the bunker and everything, but she never left by boat. Uh, she has some relatives that did. Um, but my uncle, who was a scholar, was, I guess, lucky enough to be sponsored to be a visa student in Canada. And after about, um, I would say, 10, 15 years living in Canada, he said, you know, I want to sponsor my sister to come over because I see the opportunities here. You know, the, it's great opportunity. So I remember I was eight years old back then. And my mom was sponsored to come over to Canada when she was just a high school student, but it took so long. So it took a while and then she got married. So then the paperwork had to be renewed because now she can't just leave by herself. She has to come with her husband, right? And then as she's waiting for the paperwork and for the opportunity to come, she gave birth to me. <laughs> and so now I have to be added onto that. And it takes, and I, I wasn't sure, I, I haven't had a chance to ask her yet, but I should, I, I would, is were there a chance where she kind of lost hope and she didn't think she'd make it, but somehow eventually her name was called and then she has to go to the embassy to do an interview. And I assume everything went smoothly. And then, so at the age of eight, which is, I was about in grade three, I was told, okay, in about a month, we're going to pack our belongings and we will be going on an airplane and flying, um, you know, over 18 hours to a new place called Canada where your uncle is going to be. So that's actually how I started. So I remember it was, um, a, it was a close to winter and, uh, and my uncle lived in Montreal. And, you know, I was excited because as a young, I was scared, but I don't know too much. And just, I heard stories or I read books and I watched movies of this new land where, you know, there's snow, beautiful houses, Christmas lights, and just the Western world, right? And we were, I, I wouldn't say we were dirt poor in Vietnam, but we were very, um, I would say middle, like my mom was a teacher, uh, but we didn't have our own place. We were just kind of like living day by day. So we were not, and she, you know, and I know my uncle who came here, you know, got to go to university, become an engineer and had a great job and had a beautiful home. And so we hear a lot of those stories and we kind of, my mom felt like there's better opportunity, especially for me to come to Canada and study here. And, and so, you know, I was excited when I heard about that story, but I was kind of nervous. And, you know, I also have a lot of friends uh, that, you know, I was like, oh, so I guess will we be seeing our friends and family in Vietnam again? And she's like, well, I'm sure one day we will. But uh, we're, you know, we're on to new and exciting adventure. Um, so then, yeah. And so we came to Canada and I remember you know, after arriving in Canada, my first day driving to my uncle's house, the, it started snowing and I was like in awe. I was like, oh my gosh, no, I, I saw snow for the first time. I don't know if I feel the same about snow anymore. <laughs> <laughs> 
now I'm like, oh, I have to shovel and, you know, all of this. But I was so excited um, that it was something new. And I saw all these huge, beautiful homes, you know, and, you know, it's interesting. Like you looking back, these homes are just average size now. But as a child, everything just seems so grand when I first moved here. Um, so I would have to say, compared to a lot of other Vietnamese that had to flee the country to come here on boat, uh, you know, drifting at sea, I was in a way blessed that I actually arrived here safely on an airplane and didn't really have that trauma uh, that I know a lot of my fellow friends who are Vietnamese um, have shared with me. Yeah, that's wow. That's- <laughs> and let me tell you, like I came. Uh- I was 19 when I came and and now I look at the street where my aunt lives. Now, here's the thing. In movies, they don't really show regular suburban streets in America. They yeah. show big high rises in like really rich neighborhoods. Yeah, so yeah. when I saw it, I was like, oh, but it had this like very cute charm. It had this like, oh, my God, it's pretty look because yeah. it was winter. It was snow when I also came and it wasn't Chicago which is like you're kind of thinking oh they're in Chicago but you know they were outside of Chicago so it wasn't those buildings but I was still charmed and even if I was much older I was like oh look how pretty it is and now I look at that street and I'm like eh (laughs) it's not that charming this house is actually quite old Yeah, that's why I say, you know, the memories of our childhood is so beautiful because we we didn't know much to judge it, right? That, yeah. That's beautiful to us, right? <laughs> yes. Coming from where Tell we... Tell me, how was school? You had to start school then. Oh, yeah. So, so I arrived to Montreal and it's a French-speaking city, right? And wow. I... I, my, so my mom knew a little bit of French because uh, Vietnam once was a colony of France. And uh, so, you know, my mom learned a bit, but I don't know any French and I don't know any English either. I only spoke in Vietnamese, right? And back then, I mean, nowadays, very different in Vietnam, but back then there's not no school that we're teaching French or English. So I remember coming here and uh, where we live, we live with our uncle. We had, there's a bus that would take us to a school. And I, the school was about, I would say 15, 20 minutes away. And I'll show you one experience. So, you know, my mom showed me the way. And uh, eventually, I think after a few days, um, I was on the bus, it would take me to school and then it would take me back. And it was difficult trying to communicate. So I was quiet most of the time. I just pay attention. I was put into what they call an ESL, but I guess a French version where you're learning French for the very first time. And it was a lot of just hand gestures. I guess now I'm trying to think this is how it feels like when you're in a foreign country, you know? So a lot of hand gestures and I really kept to myself. I, I learned a few, as I learned a few words I talked, I remember one time, you know, like a lot of the houses in these uh, um, suburban area that were built were very similar. <laughs> and I remember being dropped off one time thinking, okay, this is my stop and this is my uncle house down the street. And so when I came, I got dropped off um, from the bus. I walked around and I realized, actually, this is not my neighborhood. And I don't know how to speak anything. 
And what am I going to do? And I felt, I was so scared. And so what I did was I knocked on one of the house and I said, um, I kind of said in a way, I don't know what I said, but they, they assumed that I was lost. And the good thing is my mom and my uncle has a tag in my school bag with, they know like I'm new, I'm still young, has all this information on it. And um, I guess they call my uncle to say, okay, you're, niece is lost and we kind of like took her in uh so I was scared and I was crying and then my mom and my uncle came and found me and I guess I had to from then on learn to really pay attention uh to like you know where I'm going and things like that but and then in, in school too um I, I I feel you know it's it's been a while so I don't remember but I do know that there were times where like it was difficult trying to make some new friends because I'm not able to communicate uh, the way I wanted to. But I guess it taught me to observe. So I think with that, it helped me with the skill of being a patient and just listen. So I kind of observe and listen and just kind of see what's going on. Yeah, most of the time until I started to pick up on some of the vocabulary a lot more. So how long do you think it took you to figure out French? Kind of like be comfortable You know what? I started, um, so we stay in Montreal for about a year. And I think within the school year, I was starting to be able to explain myself and say the main things that I wanted to say, which is really amazing (laughs) now that I think about it. (laughs) But that's like very important because I've had my nieces, my husband's nieces, my, my, my own nieces. And um, I've seen kids adapt really, really fast, yeah. at least to, like in, in English in this case, but yeah. I've seen my niece come in and go on a school bus and like, everybody was a little worried and a little scared first grade, all of this, but she picked it up so fast. And mm-hmm. then I had, I have other nieces who are in Canada and they also, picked it up really fast and all the parents are always worried about kids going to school and I always say to immigrants it's like actually when they're small I'm, I'm thinking teenagers probably have it differently because you yeah. know you're going through some other stuff right it's not just learning a language but little kids they're so quick they pick it up they get really good really fast yeah yeah for sure yeah I, I agree. I mean, you know, that experience I shared with you was just within a few days of me going to school. But yeah. at the end of the school year, I was making friends and talking to them. I know. Isn't that amazing? How long does it take us adults to like just <laughs> not be shy and start speaking it? Yeah, it takes a while. Yeah, for sure. As an adult. That's why we're more hesitant to change now as adults, but you realize kids, when you just throw them into all sort of change, they, at first they're reluctant, but they just adapt. They, they adapt yeah. once they let it go. Um, but yeah, so I would say, yeah, I was really comfortable with my French in about after a year. However, we then decided to move to Toronto because my, I have another uncle. So Toronto is an English speaking city and it's a very popular city and there was a lot more uh, job opportunities and my mom uh, and my dad wanted us to be in the 
I guess, English speaking city. Uh, and so they made the move as well to Toronto. And so by that time, that was another new change because I trust. Oh, goodness. <laughs> I just learned French. Now, now I'm back in ESL to learn English. <laughs> so wait, now out of the languages, do you speak Vietnamese and French now at all? So unfortunately, I speak fluently, I speak fluently English, but I do not speak fluently French. I speak fluently Vietnamese as well, but French I don't because I moved here. So I came to Montreal about eight and I moved to um, Toronto when I was about nine and a half or 10. And even though I've, it helped me in school though, I was like, French was my, one of my top course right in terms of one of my top I got really great marks but because I don't communicate and I don't practice and no one speaks it at home I forget it very quick so I would have to say I'm like a beginner now because I don't communicate in French anywhere but I can pick up once I start reading again I can kind of pick up words and things like that um, but unfortunately I feel like I lost it yeah you, you have that to say muscle memory of French but that's amazing That's amazing. I love that you know Vietnamese. So that's always like being immigrants and our kids and like teaching them and making sure they don't forget. It's very important. And I, I, I feel like um, I feel like that Asian parents are much, I don't know if it's better or if it's like a, if it's like they're just different and they insist on it or it's like a cultural thing, maybe. I'm not sure yet. I haven't, I can't put a finger on it. But usually I notice way more Asian kids when they're older knowing their language than European kids who have moved. Because a lot of kids that I know kind of, even if they know the language, they are not like, they're not really, they know it on autopilot. They know like what they have to say and how it should sound. They're not really embodied with the language. and my experience with a lot of Asian is that they do, that they're really like fully mm -hmm. embodied within the language because I think it's really more spoken at home. Yeah. So was that your experience? Well, both my parents are Vietnamese, so they speak Vietnamese at home. And then they got me involved in a lot of like local Vietnamese community organizations, activities. So I was able to meet other Vietnamese friends. So I kept my Vietnamese uh, well. And so I'm in my 40s now and we're born in the 80s. And I think that a lot of um, us who are at that generation that we came here when we were like, let's say nine, 10, 11 or 12, uh, a lot of us, of course, uh, speak fluently. And then I, but I've also met a lot of young like uh, individuals in their 20s uh, who both parents are of the same background uh, of Vietnamese do speak it fluently, which I'm amazed as well too, you know, because they basically were born here, were born in Canada and grew up here as well too. And I do know a lot of, I'm not, I can't speak totally for other race, but I know that the Vietnamese, yeah, I mean, a lot of us are very um, proud of our heritage and proud of our origins and, you know, we do make it a point to speak and also uh, get involved. And so I know a lot of my friends that speak fluent Vietnamese, it's because we have friends that, um, you know, that speak Vietnamese, or we like to sing karaoke. <laughs> 
I love that. That I love. That's such a good reason. <laughs> yeah, you you learn. You learn a lot, you know. You think you're okay. That's when you start to, if you kind of, and a lot, some of our, I know in my culture, Vietnamese culture, my parents grew up uh, watching these Vietnamese entertainment. So California, outside of Vietnam, California has the biggest population of Vietnamese. It's in the millions. And so basically a lot of Vietnamese there come together to put on entertainment shows and broadcasts and they used to sell DVDs and CDs. So they're called expats. So they're basically Vietnamese that are not living in the country, right? There's a whole community. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of entertainment that's being done and produced. And I feel like they kind of each of the Vietnamese households have these entertainment CDs and tapes that from a young age, my parents would watch. And, and it kind of helped them feel less alone. Like they feel like, you know, they miss their homeland, but here's a community of same Vietnamese people living in US or Canada or abroad uh, that share some, you know, some commonalities. And I think that's what kind of like drawn us. And then growing up, I was just always watching these entertainment shows and singing along and they create these karaoke's. And so that's how I actually remember. Uh, I think I kept my language. <laughs> so I that's think super cool. Yes, <laughs> helps. Or nowadays the kids have YouTube videos. So if there is something, there's a song that they're enticed to, I think that's helping them with the language as well too. <laughs> that that's super cool that's really cool now did your parents know you said your mom knew some French did they know English when they moved did they have to learn English because I know a lot of our people it ends up being like parents don't know so the kids have to learn in order to help parents and it's like it's just like a little bit of a vicious cycle um that's kind of like oh and it's also like it's kind of shameful when you don't know and like it's it's a lot of this um it used to, I think it's getting better where it's like, okay, it's okay to be an adult and not know it. it. There's a community to support you. But I think there was a point in time when it was like very, it was also like, oh, you came to this country, you should know everything, right? Like you should be, it was kind of expected. And then people were also ashamed if they didn't know because they felt they like, you know, you feel a little excluded. So I'm wondering how did your parents do with English? So, you know what? Um, it's interesting. My mom, I guess she, back home, she's a language teacher, a history teacher. Uh, for her, she picks up language pretty quick, right? Which mm-hmm. is a blessing for her. So she learned French very quick. And when it came to um, moving to Toronto, she also picked up, um, you know, the English very quick. However, my dad, he was a math teacher back at home. So he's all the numbers guy. And when it came to language, it was a, more difficult for him. And I can see that. So he was often very frustrated. Um, and he had this thinking that because he didn't speak the language as well, he was discriminated against at his job. He was discriminated against in many things. Mind you, as life coaches, we know it's it's more than that, right? <laughs> um, there, there's a there, there are deeper things that he had to work on, but he obviously knew, uh, said that because he doesn't have the English language downed. Uh, and so I saw him struggle quite a bit with that. So that was unfortunate, but um, but I get to see both sides, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. And yeah, I love that. That's, it's good numbers. And, you know, 
some of us are one way, some of us are the other way. And it's just interesting how you see it play out in real life. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Now, what are you most happy that you got out of your culture? Like living in the current world, you're like, oh my God, I'm so happy I'm Vietnamese and I got this, right? Like, what is one thing that you're like, mm. except food? Everybody loves food. <laughs> You took my answer. That's a great question. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I love the vegan food. Um, but let me see. There's just quite a lot. I And I mean, this could be similar to other, um, I guess, race and community as well. But I know within the Vietnamese community, there's is a we're taught a lot about um I mean, like everything, it could be a double-edged sword as well too, but we're taught to um, kind of be humble and work hard. Uh, so work hard, be humble, and also respect your elders. And I know while that can, like if you take that too, too much, then you're sometimes, now I, huh, what I'm trying to say is, even though it, in a way it, felt at times like I'm being forced to be a certain way and I'm not truly being who I should be. But if we can learn to kind of adopt a certain sense of respect towards others, it's a good thing, right? Um, it's, it's a good thing to respect the people that came before us, our ancestors, our parents, and acknowledge them for all the great things that they brought to our life. Now, what I like that I learned in the Western community is at the same time, it doesn't mean we always have to listen to everything they say, because some of times it's not right for us either. And I think that's the best of both worlds is the fact that, you know, and and because I, I know sometimes, you know, I, I see children growing up here and they see themselves as equal to their parents. But there is something I do have to say for, I do give respect for my parents for coming to, you know, a new land at such a much older age, a new change, right? Um, so I, I know that uh, within the Vietnamese community, yeah, those are some of, the, I guess, the traits that was kind of passed down to me is to always have respect for those that came before you. And no matter what, like learn from them. Uh, as well too and I and also the values of like family unit is really huge it's, uh, it's always you know your family come first right uh, so I've seen a lot of Vietnamese uh, parents uh, would sacrifice everything for their family and that's basically and we know once again like that's a great trait but of course when you do it at the detrimental of your own good <laughs> now I feel that that goes into a different conversation <laughs> all together uh, but those are some of the values that I really you know I really enjoy knowing that I kind of it's kind of passed down to me yeah. yeah that's it's really good to know those things because then you can kind of like pick and choose your battles mm -hmm. if I can put it that way mm -hmm. but being a life coach um, and working with people what do you think is your advantage when you're like an immigrant or you, you know, and when you work with clients? Definitely. You know what? I believe that being an immigrant just naturally means that you were thrown into change, you know, 
And I find that when I work with clients um, throughout my life, what I've seen is that some of the challenge that people have is the ability to adapt to change. Uh, you know, we expect that things are always going to be a certain way. But the reality is, whether it's small change or big change, life is full of change. I mean, there's a quote by Buddha say the only constant in our life is change. Change is the only constant, right? And I really love that quote. And I feel like being an immigrant, your firsthand experience is that you're thrown into a new environment and you have to adapt to it. And you have to learn how to navigate around that environment. And you have to kind of build skills, learn new things, and you have to get out of your comfort zone, right? And I feel that be coming from an immigrant family and seeing, you know, the struggles that my parents had to go through as an immigrant uh, have kind of give me a deeper perspective about like, you know, we've been in situations where, you know, we have to count every dollars. I had to wear ripped boots to school. We don't have enough money. Um, and so you kind of know when people say, you know, and then you, and not knowing the language yet, you still make it. You still figure a way to fight through all of those struggles. And so I, I, I do believe that gives me a deeper perspective into all the struggles that others may have. And um, yeah, and so I kind of feel that it gives me a better understanding. I have more empathy and um, compassions for those that are struggling, especially if they are newer to the country and they're going through the same challenges that my parents did, right? Yeah, no, I am totally on the air with you. Like as a life coach, those are really like kind of, you kind of almost advantages that 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 can be very useful when coaching clients and one of my things has always been like <clears throat> one of the reasons for this podcast is for people to realize that being an immigrant is an advantage everywhere like mm -hmm. for you when you're thinking and looking back at your story whether you were adult or a child or like even just born here but to immigrant parents everything that there, we almost can make a choice. Do we want to be ashamed of certain things and do we want to hide our past mm -hmm. or the fact, you know, how our parents behaved or how we behave and like everything that we were lacking, everything that we didn't know, or do we realize that we've overcome it and that there's like, actually that is what gives us power. Like those little things that we were missing and that we obtained and that we got, that's like, that's where our power lies that mm -hmm. it's actually very empowering and very almost advantageous to us when we tap into that immigrant immigrant roots, if you want to say. It's mm -hmm. like, oh, look, this is what I've done. I mean, um, my little poster thing up there, <laughs> my little <laughs> mural, it's not a poster, it's a mural that I painted. But um, the reason is I, as an immigrant, I knew my story but I could not connect to it. I could not connect to the everything that I've done mm. until I met somebody who had an amazing story. And I'm like, oh my God, their amazing story reminded me of my own amazing story and keeps every time I see that, 
the guitarist of the band that I like is like on top of that sign. It's like, oh yeah, I did that too. It's not just like, oh, I admire this person because they did these amazing things. It's like, holy shit, I did these amazing things. And it's almost like, oh, this podcast is here for immigrants to be like, oh, look, my did those amazing things, but holy cow, I did them too. Like I was like, my parents were like, to, to get any, like to be able to kind of connect the dots for yourself, where it's like, wow, this is an advantage. Look what we've overcome. Look like all the changes we've gone through. Look how much we've learned. Just to be there to empower people. And I really love your story. That's why I was kind of like, I want to hear that story. <laughs> <laughs> I was excited for today because actually every story, every time I have a podcast, I'm very excited and giddy because I know every story that comes is different. Mm -hmm. And every story has in different empowering aspects. And I can't hear, wait for people to hear it and be like, oh, yes, to connect with it and to feel empowered through the stories. So how, like, I know that you heard the podcast for me. But how did you decide to be like, oh, yeah, I'm coming over? What got oh. you to accept the <laughs> invite? Because <laughs> sometimes yeah. people are a little shy. Sometimes people don't want to share. You've obviously worked through a lot of it already as a life coach. Like, you mm. know, you got to work through some of that stuff before you're like, oh, this is okay. This is all right. But for sure. Me. You know what? I. I uh, grew up in loving um, getting to know people and getting to have, I love one-on-one -on -one conversations, especially on topics that I feel, while it can be vulnerable, it allows us to be human, right? And I feel like we just need that connections. And I know when I talk to you, um, I can see it in your um, your voice and I can see it in you how passionate you are about like the topic but really how passionate you are about uh, allowing other people's stories to support other people who are perhaps listening right and I love the fact that you're doing a podcast you know I, I think it takes uh, some guts to do a podcast I admire everyone that's doing a podcast and if I can share a story of mine that perhaps someone that's listening can feel empowered to be like, you know what? I have the same story. I can share it too, right? Uh, and so, uh, the, and then I know that, you know, you, you're, you seem like someone that I just want to have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with anyway. So I don't mind, right? So for me, this is just a one-on-one -on -one conversations. And when we're kind of being authentic and being who we are, it doesn't really matter who's watching or who else is listening. There's, for me, there's nothing really to hide. And I remember I listen to a lot of podcasts and I watch a lot of people. And, you know, I am always inspired when I listen to other people tell their stories, right? And so at one point, I, I had to tell myself, you know what? what if you, that person never told their story then you wouldn't have a story to be inspired for so maybe you have a story that can help other people because I think for the longest time we're always listening to someone else and we're like oh you know what their story is so amazing and we forget that we too have amazing stories and then we have to reflect back and say well if if they thought like us, if they're like, my story is not worth it and they didn't care to share it, then we would never have heard their story. So we got to kind of, you know, uh, give uh, forward, right? So I feel like, yeah, by people coming onto your show, sharing their stories, 
they are, you know, giving forward to others and then inspiring others. So I definitely wanted to, you know, be able to just um, have a chat with you, share my story. I, I love to even listen to your story. Uh, you share a little bit about how you came you said to Chicago, right? Um, but I haven't got a chance to ask about your struggle. So that's something I love to hear as well, too. Yeah, so that's what inspired me to come on to the show as well. Oh, thank you. Um, that's a lovely answer. My co-host says that because she is a child of immigrants, she's somebody who's born here into an immigrant family. And she always says that this show has been very healing. We have been going on for years. So my my agenda was different. And I just invited her. I'm like, just be a co-host, right? Like, you don't need to do anything. Just come do this. Talk to me. Because she sounded like a really, like the person that I wanted. Mm -hmm. And with the more conversations we've had, the more stories were shared, the more perspectives we've gone over. She has been saying lately a lot that, like, you know what? Going through these stories, remembering stuff that you forgot sharing talking about it it's been very healing and I'm wondering I'm like hmm since you have worked through some of your do you you work through some of your stories as a you know being coached and being a life coach and even sharing your story with others do you find that that it actually is healing in ways yeah for sure I mean Sometimes we get so busy with life that we just go through the motion of life and we forget the power that we have within. And when we look back and we start remembering, you know, the things that happened to us and also the lessons that come with those things that happened to us, it definitely give a lot of um, perspective. And because it gives it a lot of perspective, I find it is in a way healing in a sense that you kind of get to know yourself more, right? You become more self-aware. Um, and instead of just feeling like things just happened to me, you kind of, like you said earlier, you kind of see that, oh, so this, if this didn't happen to me, I wouldn't be doing that. And if I didn't do that, I wouldn't be doing this. And if I didn't do this. And so they, I, they all kind of connect the dots, right? So it's hard to connect the dots looking forward, but it's easy when you look backward and when you start telling those stories uh, to yourself. And mind you, and I think it's also a great exercise is sometimes you automatically tell these stories that are more like negative, right? You constantly tell yourself these negative stories. But then if you dig deeper and you keep on remembering and you keep on kind of asking yourself certain questions, and then you realize that, you know what, um, you are, for example, if you tell yourself a story, let's say you did something recently and it failed or it wasn't as successful. But then if you continue to look deep enough, you'll find a moment in time in your life back then that you did something that you might have forgot. Like, for example, you know, wow, I learned French in a year. I forgot about that. You know what I mean? But because yes. I remember that, I said, I am actually very powerful. Like, I mean, I have that capacity in me. I just forgot about it. <laughs> it's been a long time. So I think telling ourselves these stories, if you can dig like further and further and further back, you realize if you made it here today, you have, you know, gone through a lot and you have had a lot of success or otherwise you wouldn't be living and breathing right now. 
right? Yes. And, yeah. So, so you have to <laughs> celebrate yourself for that. And I, I, so I do love going back and looking at all the stories and writing it out. And, um, and I, I think that came from when I started journaling. So that's when I kind of, and I've always loved stories as a, as a young <laughs> child anyways. And I think most of us do love stories. I think everyone actually loves a good story as well too. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I agree. I, um, we recently did an episode on, uh, it was going to be like our heroes and it ended up like being the women who came before us. And it really was um, the one where I think we kind of both cried a little bit because we both were remembering who the female heroes were for us when we were kids and like bringing those memories. It's like, shit, that happened too. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, it's not just the war. It's not just the poverty. It's not just like, you know, hard life. It's like, oh, look, look, we had these amazing people who were part of our life. And your brain does not put that on forward. Like that brain, your brain shoves that in the back and it's like all the, as you said, negative stuff comes forward. And that is like, usually we say the struggle first. Yeah. Main, so, my, this is so powerful. Uh-huh. <laughs> I want to ask for one more last thing. And that's, if you have like any message that like, you know, something that's happening in your life now or like something like, what is a message that you would tell listeners who might be immigrants or might not be? And kind of like, what is something that right now you're like, oh, I'm really sitting with this and I just want to share it with you. What would be something? Hmm. So definitely, you know what? I've been reading and listening to a lot of audio book. And one of the book that I recently listened to is called Super Attractor by Gabby Bernstein. Uh, I had the book for months. And then for whatever reason, I never listened to it. And something just called out to. And I think in that book, I mean, it gets a little very spiritual. But uh, for me, I want to share is that book just remind me that sometimes um, we want to force things to happen. Like we, we, we want the certain things in our life and we want to force it. But the best way to allow the great things to happen in our life is just to kind of let, let find joy in everything that we do throughout the day and let that flow into our life, which also reminds me that we all naturally was born with the ability to have joy. Because as kids, you know, when you watch children, they are so playful and they are always having fun and things are always working out for them, (laughs) right? And as we get older, we are inundated with responsibilities, so many different things and our life gets so hectic. Uh, But I believe that, especially like you said, whether you're an immigrant or not, it doesn't matter. I believe that within all of us, there's a place for us to find, to fully live in alignment, in joy, in abundance, if we just allow that to be, right? And I think doing things like listening to this podcast or doing things that feels good, in our soul and in our heart is going to help us continue to live that life. 
Uh, and so for everyone that's listening out there, I feel like, I mean, if you're going through any struggles or any challenge, um, I, I say start with listening to a podcast like this. Uh, start with surround yourself with people that are, you know, in positive. And for me, I am very uh, protective of that energy around me. So I do want to connect with people that I feel will be uplifting or I'm reading a book. I try to stay away from the, for example, watching negative news, media and things like that. And so for me, I just feel like there's just a lot of anxiety, hardships. And, you know, you turn on the news and you hear the recession is coming. You hear a lot of different things that are coming at us. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure if we think about financial issues, we get stressed out. But just focus on finding little joy in your daily life, whether it's drinking a cup of tea and just sit there in silence or taking a 10 minutes walk or listening to this podcast or in, and that's why I also accept this is because I know this conversation is that joy in my day as well so doing these little things to add joy in your life and you'll be attracting all the good stuff so that's the long answer <laughs> I feel I'm called we always have long answers <laughs> we all have long answers we go on tangents I love editing these. Um, in, in the beginning, I was like, oh my God, what is happening? Because I will go on like a tangent where it's like my hands. And when I fast forward, it is just like, <laughs> and then Kua will be like, <laughs> and it's like, we are hilarious when you see us fast forward. It's very funny. <laughs> but thank you so much, Mai, for being a guest. I love having you. And thank you for everybody who's listening. And I will hear you all again sometime soon bye bye everybody thank you so much maria for having me on it was a pleasure talking about it thank you so much thank you again